Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. This is Lewis Warshauer, and today we are studying Daf Dalad, page 4 of Tractate Sukkah. As you will remember from page 2, the first page of the tractate, there are certain rules about the Sukkah itself, what it needs to be in order to be considered a kasher, or valid Sukkah. Uh, it is has to be fewer than 20 cubits high. It has to be at least, though, 10 handbreadths high. And it must have at least three walls. These criteria come up on our page, too, and lead to the question of what is the nature of a sukkah, and also what are the dilemmas inherent in deciding what the validity of a sukkah is. The reason there's a dilemma is that a sukkah needs to be a dwelling where one can dwell for seven days, for the seven days of the festival. On the other hand, it also has to be temporary, and those two goals can be in conflict. You can have a dwelling that is a 400-room palace, but that would not be a good sukkah because it's too big and too grand to be temporary. On the other hand, you could have a, a very small hut, let's say, to keep tools in in your garden. Well, that would be too small uh, to qualify as a dwelling place. So that brings up the question of, of, of domain, of space, and that is what I'd like to focus on today on our page. What is the nature of the space of a sukkah? And the other question that arises on our page is the intention of the person who builds the sukkah and who maintains it, and how does that affect the validity of it? And we'll start with that question. If a sukkah is 20 cubits high, which would make it invalid, the question arises whether that can be fixed by raising the flooring. And what the Gemara discusses is that if one piles rugs and cushions on the floor so as to create an effect, a kind of raised floor, that does not work because one's intention necessarily would be to use those items after the festival is over, as opposed to saying, these are just flooring items, I'm not going to use them anymore. Whereas, piling up the floor with dirt or straw in order to raise it, in order to make the interior space of the sukkah less than 20 cubits high, that is okay, because people don't so much use dirt or straw afterwards. And the reason I mention this in particular is it gets to the idea of intention. If the intention is that the sukkah be a sacred space and that people who build one and use one use it as such, the, it matters what the people intend, even in the case of what might seem to be technical fixes. And even if I were to say, well, 
rugs and cushions are not important to me, uh, and I'm going to consider them flooring. I won't use them after the holiday. That isn't considered good enough because most people, the Gemara presumes, do not act that way. And this is one of the instances in which the sages are quite concerned about what most people would do. The Gemara also discusses the issue of minimum height and the need to make sure that a sukkah is high enough, that it meets that 10 handbreadth requirement of height. Uh, one of the issues is, can a sukkah that began as a proper height be made, uh, be arranged in such a way that it, me it goes below the minimum? And then there are other cases in which a sukkah that might have been built to, with a height that's too low, an interior, type, an in interior height that's too low, be made to conform to the regulations, for instance, by, by digging a, a, a pit in the sukkah. There are also issues of creating what would be in effect a sukkah within a sukkah, and would that be valid, and it's, it is if it's big enough, or, and we're going to see this more in greater detail, a, a sukkah on top of one. And this has to, the way the Talmud phrases it, is has to do with the erections of pillars or posts. What if one erects a pillar or pillars within a sukkah. Can that be done in such a way that they constitute valid walls of this new interior sukkah, even though they might not be tall enough? And the sage Abaye gives us the opinion that this can be solved by the principle known as good asik in Aramaic, which means extend and raise. In other words, a partition, it's actually good asek mechitzata, extend and raise the partition. This is an issue that comes about with respect to Shabbat, that separate domains of Shabbat, the public and private, and one is not allowed to carry between them, the separate spaces of Shabbat can be marked off by this principle of a kind of imaginary raising of a pillar, even though the physical pillar itself does not go that high. The same principle is applied to a sukkah, that a valid sukkah may be, may be constructed or may be imagined through this same procedure. The question is then raised about what is the ultimate source of the validity of the sukkah being based on being at least 10 handbreadths high. And the Gemara makes the connection with the Ark of the Covenant, whose construction was mandated in the book of Exodus, as well as its cover, the Kaporet. And the quote is here is from Exodus chapter 25, verse 22. <speaking in Hebrew> Et kol asher el Yisrael. There, says God, I will meet with you and I will impart to you from above the cover, from between the two keruvim, the two cherubim, that are on top of the Ark of the Covenant, all that I will command you concerning the Israelite people. The Gemara assumes that based on the 
Torah's description that the ark is to be one and a half cubits high, that that equals nine hands breaths. And then goes on to say that, again, this is not specified in the Torah, that the thickness of the kaporet, the cover of the ark, is one hand breath. So the total nine plus one equals 10. So in other words, as this page concludes, we are being given a comparison of what are in effect two sacred items, a, a sacred vessel in the case of the ark and a sacred space, so to speak, in the case of sukkah. So in other words, that the sukkah that a person might build in his or her own area has even something of the sanctity of the sanctuary and the Ark of the Covenant itself. They are connected by this common measurement of 10 handbreadths, and that matter is going to be continued in the next page. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.